Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast that is now sponsored by Oligo Professional. And today, Nina and I, it's Jay, are having a special, amazing, and awakening talk with one of our really good friends. Nina, it's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that this is, uh, you know, this is something that we are truly, we're really honored to, truly honored to be yes. here with our guest today. And, you know, we've talked about uh, having Jared on our podcast and it was like, hey, when can you be on the podcast? We want to get you on. We want to talk about this. When can we do it like ASAP? And um, he said, let's do it tonight. And so we're here tonight with our dearest friend. Mr. Jared Jackson Dean, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend this hour or so with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're so honored that you're here. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much for having me. I uh, I look up to both of you guys so much uh, in our beauty industry, and outside of that, you guys share so much compassion and love, and it's something that I can ultimately relate to. Um. So when you go, when you reach out to me, you're like, Jared, let's get on this. And I'm just like, yes. you know what? I have my two kids, but then I'm like, Hey, I called up him. Hey, can you babysit? Can you watch me? I can do it. And I said, let's make it happen at seven. So, wow. uh, so I'm happy to be here. I'm extremely happy to be here. Yeah. yeah so honored. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a conversation that needs to not only be had tonight, it needs to continue to happen. And I think that, you know, for Jay and I with this, the podcast, no stylist left behind, right? But it's really beyond that. It's so much deeper than that. Um, we're fortunate, obviously, that we get to have you and we're all in the beauty industry together, which is great. But this is aside from the beauty industry. This is life. This is what we are experiencing now. And we wanted to have you on today because we wanted you to share your story. We want to know how you're feeling. We want to understand how you're feeling. And even though we will never understand, truly, we want to hear from you what you have been going through and what you've been talking about and sharing and learning. And this is, this is the time to do it. And I think that we're going to leave here feeling uh, so much more inspired by you and your story. We're going to leave with some resources and some education. And the goal for us really is to be clear in our communication and to understand how we could uh, help the Black community moving forward and support yes. them. And I am going to say that for, for me, this has been very, very eye-opening. And my eyes are open, and they are wide open, and my ears are very open, and I will not be silent. And I just have to say that if I have been in the past and I feel like in, in some ways as I've been reflecting that I failed you and it has been really bothering me. And so for that, I am so incredibly sorry because I am no longer going to be silent. And so I just wanted to say that because I've been spending time a lot with myself reflecting through all of this and seeing the pain that has been happening and I am no longer going to be silent. So today we start the conversation, my friend. So, yeah. We can so breathe. You ready? <laughs> ready to be going? I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm so, ready to rock and roll. And, and I know you always are. And so the, the main thing for us to really, you know, learn today and understand is how are you 
feeling? What have you been feeling the past week? What have you been feeling the past year, the past five years, 10 years? What have you been feeling and more so recently? And, you know, what have you kind of been working through, you know, on, on your own? Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's so powerful right now because the emotions that are running through me have been almost like I'm um, detoxing or withdrawing from something uh, that, that, I, that I can't describe. And um, as, I, as I peel back the layers of what I'm seeing out in the world, as I peel back the layers of um, seeing African-American men that are dying um, at the hands of, of police officers, um, there's no um, space for me to mourn that emotion because I have to wake up every single day knowing that this is something that's been happening for decades. And it's nothing new under the sun. And it's more, um, even more powerful because this emotion that I'm actually peeling back is looking at everyone else that is not black, starting to connect with the same emotion that we that I've been feeling for years. Yeah. Every time an African American male is killed by an officer, it's here we go again. No one else says, you know, in, in anywhere has ever talked about this, but right now it's extremely profound. And um, so my feelings is alone. I haven't, I mean, you know, I've been sleeping two, two, three hours a night and I've talked to my brothers. I've, I've talked to my auntie who lives up in Oakland. I've talked to a friend up in New York. Um, you know, my, my, my children, my son, my daughter is really trying to understand, Daddy, what, what's happening? What's going on? Uh, wh why do they kill black people? Why do cops kill black people? And as I dissect the emotion, I realize this is uh, it's as if I've been burned and my skin is completely away and everything is so raw. So the feelings are extremely raw. And I can't keep running from it. Now is the time to face it. Now is the time to speak up about it. Now is the time to talk about it. And for everyone that is listening on this podcast, everyone that is, you know, beyond the platform, beyond this, I have to get divorced out. I have to speak more about it. And um, I've had countless of situations personally that has happened with me with cops. And the only reason why I feel like I am here today and not dead somewhere or not in jail is because of my parents, you know? And my, my mom was raised in East Side Oakland in the, in, in the ghetto. Her dad was a Black Panther. My, my father was raised in Compton. And um, they talked about the brutality when we were younger. You know, at 16 years of age, when I got my driver's license, the first thing my mom told me 
was if a cop ever pulls you over, do not ever get pulled over in a dark area. Make sure you get pulled over in a lighted area, like a gas station, a Vons, because they will kill you. They will kill you. And at 16 years of age, that was kind of hard for me to dissect until she started explaining to me about how she had her brother or her uncle that was murdered by cops. Until she started explaining to me what her father went through and you know how he couldn't deal with the pain, so he drunk himself to death. How my father went through, um, his, my, my grandfather went through so much and he, um, you know, poisoned himself to death with alcohol. And so the raw emotion that a lot of African Americans can no longer process is now it's time for them to process it. It's time for them to understand it. And in real time, in real time, there's a bigger community beyond the African American community is that is now starting to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. On camera, this man literally killed a black man that was saying he could not breathe. Any human being that has an emotion that understand what that feels like would say, wait a minute, like, he can't breathe, let up off of him. But instead, he repositioned his knee and he continued to apply pressure. So the question for me, and it has always been, is where does that hate reside from? Where does it reside from? And it's hard to maneuver in life knowing that there's a part of you that understand that your gene that you carry inside your body has, is, is a gene that your ancestors have gone through slavery, they've gone through racism, they've gone through anything. And those, those genes are awakened every single time that we continuously see it again. When you see a 14 year old boy who is protesting and walking in peace, he's a college student, breaks down, starts crying on his knees, that's a gene that's been awakened. And those kind of tears are gonna either turn into hate or they have to be healed. And so today is an opportunity to be able to say that as an African-American male, as a Caucasian person, Asian person, doesn't matter the ethnicity, everybody experiences emotions of hurt. It's hurt. Whether you've been in relationships, lost a job, everybody has experienced hurt somewhere in their life. Hurt, hurt. And that kind of hurt, that, that emotion that you feel, no one is immune to it. So when you have someone, and as my mom would explain to me, in despair, broken, poor, black, uneducated, opportunities, trying to find a way, 
already down on their back, already hurting, already in pain, already have gone through so much. And while you're down on your stomach, on have gone through so much in pain, you want to finish a person off. That emotion of a man screaming out to his mom that has been dead for three years, screaming out for his mother, a grown man, knowing that he's going to die, is an emotion that no person, no matter what race they are, no matter what race they are, that they could not connect to. Every mom across America saw it. So I feel the pain of seeing all of these African-American men who have been incarcerated, who have been uh, murdered by the hands of cops, not based upon something that has been tragic, but just based upon the fact that they're African-American based upon the fact that you're the color of your skin. How many times have I been pulled over? 12 times. I've been arrested three times. No warrants, no nothing. No felonies, nothing. Car search, why? You shouldn't be in this neighborhood. What kind of car are you driving? Who got you that car? You sell drugs. You know, and so the feelings of all this stuff, every time a black man is killed by the cop, those emotions come up. So there's not a there's not a, a position that we can play as an African American man where it's okay for us to reside in. So we're trying to find our space. We're trying to find our space. And in finding our space, more African-American men need to be vulnerable with that emotion. A lot of black men that you see that are tough, that are walking around, tattoo, Compton Crips, blood, they have to keep this face. They have to keep this game face. My grandfather's was like that. You gotta be a man, why? Because at any point in time, it can happen to you. And you got to be ready to fight for yours. So in the elements of that, there is pain because we have to we have to we have to shed that away. And we have to come to the point to say, listen, we got young black, young boys, girls that are growing up that are feeling this emotion and they don't even understand what they're feeling. You know, and so. The, the the question is, how do I feel is that I know as a person being raised by my mom and being raised by my dad, I know that there is something that they, they gave me that gives me hope that I know that I have six brothers and sisters and not one of us has ever been locked up in prison. I know that my mom and my dad raised us right. I noticed that they they helped us. They guided us along the way. They showed us what it means to have compassion and to have love. And when I came to the beauty industry, I said, this is the way I'm gonna roll. This is how I'm gonna be. 
And even when I had clients that were in my chair that told me that they're not used to a black man doing their hair to walk outside of the salon, I still kept my head up high. I called my mom up. And she said, continue to work through it. You'll be all right. Wow. Jared, I just have to say, like, I love you so much. And I'm so aware now of my privilege more than ever. And I don't want you or anyone else to walk alone. And I promise this day moving forward that I'm sorry it wasn't sooner. And there had to be another tragedy that happened. But from this day moving forward, as long as I have a voice or some kind of impact that I will walk with you and you are not alone because I don't understand. I I won't ever understand, but through these stories that you share with us today and moving forward and we keep the momentum up and we hold people accountable like our government that we will see a difference and a change. And I promise moving forward that I got you and every other person of color and that I will do everything in my power to make sure that you're not alone. Yeah. So powerful. You know, what's interesting is that when we talk about like the element of pain, um, sometimes the most hurtful pain is the pain that you don't see. Yeah. It's the pain that you don't see. Like, wow. you know, like I've been stabbed. I've been like, like, I've been through some, some stuff in my life, but the pain that you don't see are the, the ones that, that really don't mean Mr. J Nina, like, they don't quite heal quite right. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's that emotion that when something just doesn't heal quite right, it takes something really small, not like the first time, but just something really, really small to reignite something all over again. Right. And if that pain doesn't heal and there is no support system, no support system at all, Everything that you see from the violence and from the anger and the hurt and the pain, those genes are just awakening up. And the way the African-American community sort of survives those pains and survives that hurt is that they find it through music. They find it through uh, sports. They find it through gang activity. They find it through, um, you know, just trying to find this is our own. They, they need significance in life. You ever gone through life where you just don't feel significant? You don't feel validated no matter how hard you work, no matter what you do in your life. You just don't feel significant. You don't feel important enough. And when you have this pain that is so tender and so soft, anything can trigger it. And, and George Floyd's death 
not only opened, reopened a wound, it literally blew a hole through all of the other pains that many people have gone through. What is Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with getting recognition for who you are as a person. Black Lives Matter is really, really about understanding that we are important and we should be validated for doing the exact same kind of work that a person that is non-Black is doing. The significance of living your life shouldn't be based upon the color of your skin. It should be based upon the content of your character. You ignore me. Why? Why? And so when you dig a little deeper and you find out why you see African-American women and African-American men. Why are they so angry? Why are they so mad? Let me tell you something. That's a flight risk. That's a, that's, that mentality is you have backed me up against the wall and I don't know what else to do anymore. When you see a child that has been abused, I have a friend by the name of Laura who works for uh, the courthouse where she handles all child abuse cases. And every single time that a child is abused in a home, she is the one to go to the home, pick up the child and take them to another home. She says, when that child is taken out of the home, no matter the age, whether they're three or four or five years of age or they're 10 years of age, and they have suffered abuse, no matter if they put them inside of the most beautiful home in the world, the most beloved family in the world, it takes years to unravel that pain that they've experienced. It's a domino effect. That child could be in a beautiful home and one thing can trigger that child to remember what that pain was like inside of that abusive home. Unfortunately, as a black African-American man, I had that gene inside of me and it stays asleep and dormant until something like this happens. And it's hard to move on when you under, when you can't close a chapter to a book unless you clearly understand what you are reading inside of that book. Right. Right. You, you can't, you know? And so in order to understand the significance of what a black person really is, you have to understand what their story is truly all about. And what I employ for the beauty industry, what I employ for a lot of other businesses out there is get to know who you, who you're, who, who are you working with? Yeah. Who is in your beauty industry? I mean, your guys' podcast is all about, you know, about hairstylers. Uh, um, you know, they have significance. It's about saying, listen, we all matter, all of us. And when people feel that there's something of importance and they feel that they are relevant to living, when they feel like, you know, their lives are, you know, we can help, we can blossom, that kind of unity that is brought together helps to manifest something that can't even be described in words. You can't heal pain by putting a Band-Aid on it. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. What, what you said before when you just started this 
this section. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it because I'm just so just hanging on to every word that you're saying. You said, and, and you and I have had conversations before and we've talked about just pain and, and, and things that, you know, we've gone through and, you know, what you said was so profound. The pain that is the worst is the pain that we cannot see. That I, I, I'm almost speechless because that I just had a moment where I thought just because I don't see what's going on doesn't mean it's not happening. Exactly. And it's because maybe I haven't been aware or I haven't been mindful of it, but I know it's happening. And by you saying that, and, and honestly, by just being in uh, relationships in my past that have also been very abusive. And when you talk about that, it, it sparks something in me. And I, I kind of relate to what you're saying by that wound, not healing. And it's so true. You know, it's, it is that pain that we don't see just because people see us every day and we're smiling doesn't mean we don't have pain. Right. Just because we show up every day on Instagram and Facebook smiling and offering advice and information doesn't mean <laughs> we're not suffering. Yeah. Just because we don't physically see, now we've been seeing obviously, but just because we're not outside and we don't physically see that this is happening doesn't mean it's not happening. But now we know it is and we cannot be silent and we cannot yes. close our eyes because people like you and there are so many other people who are really opening my eyes to that. And thank you for explaining it the way that you did, because it made me feel like, wow, th this now really makes sense for me. This wound that keeps on opening, why people respond and react the way that they do, why they feel the, you know, flight, it's fight or flight, right? You have to, you have to t protect yourself. And it, you, what you're saying is just, educating me, which is part of the reason why we wanted to do this with you today. And I just thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that because it is so eye-opening. And now maybe we will be more woke to what yeah. is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing it. And not only not only seeing it, but saying something and not being silent. Yeah. And this is just incredibly powerful and you my friend have a special gift in the way that you share your truth and your story and you know just to kind of touch back a little bit on what you said before you had been through some things on your own and you have been um you've been in situations which you mentioned where you have been profiled because of the color of your skin help because we won't we won't understand and i i would love to go a little bit deeper on that if you would love to share because i think it's important for us to understand what that looks like and if that's an everyday thing that you're thinking about every day you leave the house every day you get in the car i can't, i don't know that me neither I don't get that and i am really i want to understand and i will never but you're helping me so if you can kind of walk us through that a little bit I, I just want to, I just want to know what you feel at that moment or what it is. It's like you're carrying a 300 pound sack on your back every single day. Yeah. And I just, if you could share maybe a little bit of a story or a personal story or something that you, you know, feel comfortable sharing. Absolutely. Um, I really appreciate you saying that. And, um, 
when you think about all of the things that, um, what it's like to grow up um, being African-American as a young child, just say like up to the, the age of like 10, 11, 12 years of age, mm-hmm. you know, life is about having fun and enjoying it and hanging around your friends. You, you know, you just want to just enjoy life. Right. And, you know, my first experience is when I went to junior high school and there was a kid in class and he called me the N-word and, you know, and I was just kind of like, what? Like, you just do that. You know, you're, you're dumb, you're stupid or whatever. And I didn't think anything of it, you know? And so collectively over the years, my dad, one of the things my dad instilled in me and he told me is that you don't want to be a victim to someone else's insecurities. Wow. You do not want to be a victim to someone else's insecurities. And, um, you know, you justify someone else's, I justify people's behaviors as a way, as a sign of weakness, as a sign of weakness. And so as I've gotten older, um, when I, when I experience certain things and, and, you know, a story that I'm going to share with you, when I experienced these things, I recognized early on that there was a, that there was a weakness that I was seeing in the person, you know, and, um, there was one time that I was down in Hollywood Boulevard and I was with a group of girls and I was just excited about hanging out, you know, and we're like having fun. I happened to be the only African-American there that was hanging out. And it's probably about 16 people were all hanging out and we had a great night. We were trying to have fun and all this good stuff. And I step outside and I'm chatting with another girl that is, you know, she's a little bit taller than me. She's like a model and she's a Caucasian girl. And a cop just pulls up and he asked her, are you okay? And her response was, yeah, I'm fine. And he says, uh, he gets out the car and he starts questioning, asking where I'm from, what am I doing? And I'm like, hey, man, we're here. We're just hanging out. We're just celebrating someone's birthday. Uh, We're having fun. And he's like, I need to see your ID. And I'm like, why? And he was like, don't fucking ask me any questions. And my response, because based upon my father, the way that he raised me, my response was, oh, you're intimidated because I'm with her. That makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, doesn't it? And he didn't like that comment. And he grabbed me by the shirt and literally, you know, and he pulled me close to him and he said, if you fucking say anything else, I'm going to haul your ass down to jail. And immediately the girl starts being like, that's not fair. Why are you treating him like that? You know, and this guy has, was this cop literally, literally was overstepping all, breaking the law every step of the way. Within five minutes, I'm in handcuffs. I'm sitting in the back of the squad car. There's four other cars, squad cars that pull up. And the group of friends are outside with me. And they're just like, what are you doing? And one of my friends, she's like, Jared, don't say anything. Don't say anything at all. And this lasted for 35 minutes 
35 minutes. Now, the thing that I didn't know at that particular time, well, what was what was happening to me at that time internally? I was being asked questions. Um, I was being treated wrong. Um, I walked away with marks on, on me for no apparent reason. Never been arrested before. Never had no had no issues with with the cops, with the runners or anything. I was literally racially profiled because I was outside with this white girl. And by the time they let me go, it wasn't no apologies. It was a lot of MFs, a lot of dumb, you know, calling me dumb, calling me stupid, calling me out of my name. If we ever catch you doing anything, we're going to lock you up. At that time, I didn't realize the pain that happened to me internally. And I was, I was woke. Yeah. Like, you, if you've ever been hurt in any way, of, like you've ever been in a car accident before, and you come out of that car, car accident alive, but when you have to get back on that world again, oh man, you just feel a little bit more tense. You feel a little bit more uncomfortable. You don't want to get on the freeway. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. So that was my first experience. I went home that night and I cried. Literally over a span of five to seven years, things like this constantly happened to me. And the thing about these experiences is that they are they are experiences. You know, it's like when you experience something great, you're like, I'm in Alaska, I'm in Hawaii. Those experiences are great because you're connecting with the experience of feeling good. But when you have a bad experience about something, it triggers something totally different in you. You're either going to break down as a person or you're going to do something to build yourself back up. And everyone's rubbing my back like, oh, Jared, it's okay. You know how cops are. They're racist. I mean, it's just automatic. Everyone, you know how cops treat black people. It's just not fair. It's just not this. I mean, they've been acting like this since the 60s. That's just the way that they are. And the most insane thing about that is that as a parent now, as a father, I have to educate my children on this just based upon the color of my skin. We are a threat to society. We are looked upon as less than. And there is no accountability for a lot of things that happen. No one is held responsible. I mean, if you see the slew of names of the people who were killed by cops, how many people are actually doing jail time based upon that? You don't think that those 16-year-old kids, 15-year-old kids that see that, it doesn't hurt them on the inside? You don't think that they're emotionally messed up on the inside from that? Because that could be you. That could be you next. And my mom constantly, I'm a 43-year-old man, and she says, Jared, please be safe out there. 43. And she knows. And so these stories 
and these experiences that we go through are not things that we should say, you know, well, it happens, it's been happening for so long, what can we do about it? You know what the police force is all about. Right now, there are people out there fighting to build those wounds back up. Right now, as we speak. And so these stories of being uncomfortable in your skin is real. I have to be a little bit more nice. I have to smile differently. My posture has to be better. I have to tone down my voice. I can't come off to be too too confident now. I have to be tamed down. I have to I have to go above and beyond and overextend myself. When I'm walking behind a woman, I have to dangle my keys a little bit so she knows I'm behind her so she doesn't get startled. You know, there was a guy that was vandalizing a building about three years ago, and he was a white guy, and he was high off of drugs. I called the cops on this guy because I thought that he was, like, literally going to kill someone. Two cops pulled up, and they asked me, which building do I live in? And I said, why? The guy's right over there. He just ran down the street. And the next question he asks is, do they have Section 8 in that building? Why are you asking me that? And he laughed and he just drove off. Didn't even pay attention to this guy that was vandalizing. Wow. Internalizing that, if I didn't have my father in my life, that gene that turns into pain and hurt turns into hate. And it happens just like that because those two emotions, they live right next to each other in such a way that people will never understand. And I literally called my sister and I'm like, do you believe what just happened? Like, I literally was calling the cops and my response is, I'm never calling the cops again. So you start to have this almost this post-traumatic, how you move. When I drive in the car, I'm like, you know, I got a Porsche and I'm like, wait, oh, wait, wait a minute now. I said, let me, let me, let me, you know, cops is just looking at me in the car, looking at me in a weird way. You know, if I'm, if I'm, if, if I'm walking somewhere, I got to make sure that, you know, I nod at the, at the cops. My mom has taught me every single time that a cop says something to you, say, sir, every single time. Yes, sir. No problem, sir. I, I, absolutely, sir. This, absolutely, sir. You know, and so this, this part of you that is the harsh reality, you got to think about when you get, you know, next to Caucasian people or Asian people or whatever that are really nice, that are really great, that are really amazing, you know, they see the tense in you and they're like, what? Okay, relax. Do you realize what we've gone through over the past 10 to 20 years to get to where we are? When I opened up the salon at the Ritz Carlton, I said, I can't go by myself. So I called up my white lawyer friend and I said, listen, you got to come in and act as if you're a business partner of mine. Just so that they don't think anything less of me. Because it's not about my work at this point. So 
there's an element that as a human being that if you feel less than if you don't feel significant if you you know oprah winfrey said at the end of her her whole season of all of her shows she said don't matter anybody that i've ever interviewed whether they were rich whether they were black whether they were right it doesn't matter she said everybody every human being wants to feel validated in their life why do you think in elementary school middle school they give awards and and they they give people like make them feel better so that they can keep because they want to feel validated in this life and when you go through life not feeling validated what is the alternative to it what's the alternative you don't believe in me anyway you don't trust me anyway who am i to you just another black man i'm less than so in order to move us forward, we have to recognize that the pain that we all see has layers that can be healed with compassion and with love from the other race. I understand your pain now. It's not the racism of pain that I've experienced, but I've, I've been in pain before and I can feel that pain. I can feel that pain. I know what that pain is like. I know what it's like. I know what it's like. You know, and so when I when I talk to clients in my chair that are women that are working at jobs and they, they feel like they're, you know, men are treating them bad and they're making them feel less than. And I've had clients sit in my chair that are not African-American, but are just women just trying to make it in their, their business, make it in their life. That's a pain that we can both relate to. If a person who is gay, that's just, just trying to thrive through life, trying to make things happen, but just not being treated fair, all because of his, his gender or because of the way that he wants to move. Oh, he, we can relate to that kind of pain. That's pain. And so in, in, in the essence of it all, we really have to understand that the pain that we all go through in life is not too far from connecting the dots. Yeah. It's not too far. Yeah, you're right. And that was a big thing that you wanted to get across today is to really have us connect the dots, you know? And I think that this, you, what you're saying, what you're sharing is helping us connect the dots. I am feeling a way and I'm feeling things right now that I've never felt before. And I am looking at you and I am like, wow, this is my friend that has lived this. And I am just, wow. That's all I, I am. It's really wow is all that I can say because my eyes are open. Yeah. Same. And and we want to be able to move forward, you know, with, with this and connect the dots in, in that, you know? Yeah. And I just want to thank you so much for being here and, you know, everyone listening, like pause what you're doing. If you miss something, like go back, have a quiet space, listen, because now is the time to listen. And Jared, you have awakening 
my soul even more. And, you know, we can all relate on pain and it's all different, but it is relatable and being more compassionate and letting, you know, you and everyone in our world to be like, I see you. So let's do something. I see you. I see, I see you. you. And I, see I, you. I will never look away again. Yeah. Right. And it's like giving them that confidence to be like, now we have a clean, like, let's go. Let's go. Like now it's time to go. And I see you and you're not alone. And I hear you just like Nina was talking about. I'm there too. Is there, I, I do want to ask this just to go a little bit more in depth on what we can do right now to educate ourselves, to help, like, what are those narratives like? Like what to go a little bit deeper so that we all know, everyone listening, me and Nina, how we can all navigate this together and just be better allies and you know. Yeah, it's it's that's a great question. Um so I want to paint a picture for you guys. Um that will help to sort of bring that together. And the picture is this, we all collectively have something magical about all of us. It's the first thing we have to accept. We all collectively have something magical about all of us, every race. And in order to start the journey of making things better, not making it right, just making it better, is to start allowing all of these platforms and all of these brands to share the stories of people in our beauty industry that are thriving, not just talking about racism. How did you build? How did you connect? You find Julie over here and you find Moesha over here and bridging the gap together and saying, you know what? I want both of you guys to be on stage together. I want you inside of this magazine feature together. I want you guys to talk about magically what you guys can do together and bridge the gap together. The beautiful thing is that racism doesn't have to exist if you put the forefront of compassion and love and understanding and that magic together. It doesn't have to be a topic that has to be addressed. You did this wrong. This isn't fair. Why are you treating me this way? It doesn't have to be that way. You know, we're not looking to change the narrative of the past. We're just trying to create magical moments together. And you see it out in the streets right now magical moments together. And if the beauty industry as a whole said, let's start creating magical moments together. If you open up magazines and you start looking in all these hair magazines and you see the diversity of just, just collectively together, what happens is it doesn't become something that needs to be conversed. It's just a feeling that allows something to heal inside of us where people feel validated. And that togetherness 
that community, what's happening today with people reaching out and saying, I mean, the messages that I'm getting, I'm with you, Jared, every step of the way. That is the healing that's working for me right now inside yeah. all of the times. Being on this podcast with you two is the process of healing. Making me feel and making us feel magical right now. People that are going to be listening to this podcast right now, that is magical. We're, 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 we're literally relating experiences that were bad and we're trading it in for the moment of good experiences in real time. If, the, if people in the beauty industry are ignoring this, these magical moments in this moment, that boat will be missed. If another black man is killed by a cop, that wound will be way, way, way deeper than we've ever felt before. So I am asking all of my colleagues all of my amazing, beautiful, white, Asian friends, because let me tell you, I wouldn't be where I am today without having these mentors and these clients that have reached out to, you know, 80% of my clients are Caucasian and Asian you know, and stuff like that. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for them. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my father, my grandfather, my, my you know, all this stuff. But let me tell you, when you start to realize that we are all just human beings, just trying to thrive, trying to strive, trying to live, you know, I'm 43 years of age. I may got another good 30 good summers left in this life. Let's make it magical. Why not walk away saying that we were able to change the narrative in our stories in so many different lives? Why not? Yeah, I'm ready. Yes. Ready. Let's go. I mean, not, I mean, yes. I, I am truly inspired right now and yes. I know that, uh, I have to do better and I will do better. Promise. And that is my promise. And I will use my voice. And this is not just, let's just jump on the trend wagon. This is not, this has nothing to do with that. This is who we are. And this is what we want to do to continue to bridge that gap. Yes. And we have a voice and we have a platform and we stand with you. And this is really the start of it. And the way that you explained it and the way that you've been so raw with it, there is no way that someone listening to this will not understand in some way, shape, yes. or form, way deeper than they did when they listened before they listened to this podcast. And so I know that there was a resource um, that you wanted to share. And also we will share this resource in the show notes. So you will have a clickable link um, when you read our notes and also when we share on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but why don't you go ahead and share that so all of us can continue to do our research and, and education. Yeah. And I am so just extremely excited about, uh, <laughs> you know, being able to share this. And um, I think that when we look at, the um look at this particular leak that i'm going to share you start to realize like this is not just in america right this is like worldwide now this is you know this is this is powerful to see all of the people who are protesting 
you know, outside of the, the horrible things of the thugs and, and Luton, but the, there is something magical that is actually happening that is across America. The, the world is awake. And blacklivesmatters.card.co. So that's black, uh, black lives matter dot card with two r c a r r d dot c o they have resources protesting how can you help everything about voting i mean there's just so many collective things and um what really just brings this home to me is just seeing all of just the diversity of people that are like we are with this man we are with this (laughs) we want better yeah. For everybody, you know, and there is a, there's an element with just this side and just everyone being able to share and saying, I am willing to join this, this, these moments with you so that when we come out of this, we will feel so much better at the cost of not only George Floyd's lives, but at the cost of all of these other uh, African-American men who lost their lives by law enforcement. This is something that's significant. How does the beauty industry even relate to anything like that? How did it how did it relate? Because all of those dots are things that are ultimately connected at the end of the day. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and I know for Jay as well. This has been eye-opening. It has been so inspiring and so um, information driven. And you are such a beautiful soul. And I said, we talked about this before we recorded today, but there is a reason why we have been connected. And we laughed because I said, I don't even know how the hell we found each other, but there is a reason (laughs) why we have come together. And uh, you are just a class act, my friend. And I really respect you. And I appreciate you for being so vulnerable today. Uh, And we will do better. Yeah. And it starts now. It starts right now. And so make sure, guys, you do your research, you educate yourself, you look up the, uh, the website that Jared shared, you look up some more resources, and there are books and things that you know, we're sharing in our own stories and, and on Instagram um, that you can look up as well. And uh, donate, give, be kind, be compassionate, be loving, and- Be righteous sure to vote. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. And and let's just lead from a space of love. And that's, and that's when we can honestly start to heal. So make sure you follow Jared on Instagram at Jared Jackson Dean and follow our sponsor at Oligo Professional, myself, Nina Tulio, Jay, it's Mr. Jay Ladner. And just like you hear me say every single time, if you learn anything from listening to us today, please know that it is okay to live in your truth. And remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time. Yes.